Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Funny Thing About Yoga. It is Bradshaw Francis Wish, and I'm here with Gianna Gambino, who is an Italian girl from New York, just like Stephanie Germanata, Lady Gaga. Welcome. Do you know that people used to say I look like her, but I don't think that's my celebrity doppelganger. No, I don't think you look like her. Me either. Um, I also I was... get, wait, who's the one from Parks and Rec? Aubrey. Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Well, you yeah. have her, you have her affect, which is like, Hi. <laughs> How are you? Like that's literally you. When I was like, a ser- when I was a server in New York City, everyone would tell me that I'm what was her name in April? April from Parks and Rec. Like you are April from Parks and Rec. A hundred percent, because you are literally like the thing is, is G- there have been times we won't get into it now where Gianna has been really pissed at me, and like really pissed, but she doesn't scream. She just looks at me and she's like, "I'm so upset with you right now." And I'm just like, are you going to fall asleep while you're telling me? Because <laughs> I'm just a very calm and rational person, except you are a baby. I love you. But you, the last thing you are is rational. Wait a second. I think I'm very rational. I don't even like that. You're saying this for our whole audience. I'm the most rational. Mm-hmm. I have anxiety, but I'm a very logical, rational thinker. Well, guess what? I have no anxiety, no depression. and I'm logical. No, you have them. You have them all. But here's the difference between me and you. You're like, give me my Prozac. And I'm like, let me feel my feelings and and spiral. No, no, no. I'm like, let me feel my feelings and then give me my Prozac because I don't want to feel them anymore. Like I can't, I can't have to do stuff. (laughs) I have things to do. It's true. That that reminds me, I need to take my Prozac. Um, (laughs) Imagine if I like, if we started this episode with me just swallowing my Prozac pill. (laughs) Well, I was like last week I was taking my like vitamin C and whatever. And you're like, are you done yet? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, before we started recording, I just have to tell a quick funny story. I'm sitting here telling Bradshaw I can't hear him over and over and he's freaking out. He's like, why is my mic working? And then only to realize that my headphones weren't plugged in. And it was all my fault. So what's happening, B? What are you doing over there? I know this microphone situation is really annoying me, but it's fine. Well, you literally just I wish I wish that it was put it long. In the I wish stand. it was longer. I wish it was longer. Look how short this mic is. Well, you need to actually do what I do and get another one. If anyone listening wants to buy Bradshaw a better mic stand, you should do that for him. Yeah, that would be really nice. I'll hold it like what are you drinking though? Mm. So I made a smoothie. Do you want to know what's in it? It's not ma- really mango, banana, raspberry, Atlantic dulse. <laughs> Which What's Atlantic I, Dulse? I think it's like a seaweed or it's literally Dulse. I have no clue. What's it's just, Dulse? We're going to have to Google this together, but someone said it's good for you, so I'm doing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, that's great. I'm so With happy water. that you're drinking that. But you know what's more important than that, G? Tell me about it. Is that we have a couple spots that just opened up on our Nicaragua yoga retreat, the penthouse. I mean, I'm sad that people had 
cancellations, but yeah. it, I'm also happy that this leaves an opportunity for new people to sign up. So tell us about Nicaragua, the retreat. Um, the Nicaragua, I'm like, I'm like, tell you about what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> tell people what to, ex- what oh my they God. can anticipate the, in Nicaragua. Well, I was actually just talking to, I was just teaching my water class and there's a student who I just love. And I'm like, you, she comes, she started taking my yoga class and she really likes it. And I'm like, you need to come to Nicaragua. And she's like, when is it? I'm like, it's like literally in the, what are the dates? You know, yeah, the date, you yeah. literally I don't, know, don't the know the dates of anything. He's like, when no, are we but it's it? the end of February. It's February 24th through March okay. 2nd. Yeah. So February 24th to March 2nd, which I, I was just, she's like, that's the perfect time. And I'm like, yeah, that is literally the perfect time to get the fuck out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in Chicago, like it is the dead of winter. You go down there and it is sunshine, beautiful beach, relaxation. Uh, Gianna, I, Gianna has been more than twice. I've been tra- twice. I love going down there yoga twice a day. We have tons of adventures. My personal favorite thing that we do on the retreat is the, is the boat tour. Uh, they take us out on the boat. We go to some little, little island. Yeah. Like private beaches yeah. and jump off and swim and drink and just have a blast and see dolphins. I could do that. I could literally do that. I could do that every day. I know that's, you, to you... me. That's like my favorite. That's my favorite thing that we do. It's, it's so fun. It's gorgeous. It's a catamaran. See, it's literally just like you chill. Um, but yeah, what's your no... favorite thing in like Nicaragua? Adventure. I love surfing. I think it's so much fun. I'm not great at it, but I think it's cool to be a beginner. And it, you know, it gets me out of my ch- my comfort zone. But I don't know if I'm going to surf this year. I'm I'm now wondering why wouldn't you surf? if I if I have the stamina for it. You have the stamina, and if if anything, G, I will get on the board with you, and I will pick you up. <laughs> You all should sign up just for that visual. Literally. Here's the well, thing. Like I've I've only surfed a handful of times. I really am like the most beginner beginner, but Bradshaw like surfs once and he's like, look, I'm better than you. Well, well I, also, <laughs> if you come on the retreat, you'll notice that Gianna and I have a, but some may say unhealthy banter when it comes to competition, but um, no, you are competitive healthy. and I just think it's funny. I'm actually not competitive at all. I, I don't consider myself a competitive person. Do you think I'm competitive? No, but here's the. But I like to be competitive with Gianna. Okay. But at, about the yoga, my favorite part is teaching with you. Cause sometimes we will oh, yeah, co-teach classes and it's really nice to kind of blend together both of our thought processes when we're like sequencing for specific things. So I really like co-teaching. I like the workshops that we co-lead together. And honestly, besides the yoga, last thing I'll talk about is the food. I really enjoy mm-hmm. almost every meal I've ever had there. Well, it's also nice. Cause it's just like, it's just nice being cooked for like all do you know what I mean like <laughs> no it's, it a, is. it's like it's such a luxury being like oh someone else is making all of my meals oh, um, tell me about it I'm literally exhausted I think about that burrito the... all the time I think about there's you a burrito there burrito. there's a breakfast burrito there that is actual actual methamphetamine I don't know what's in it it is crack <laughs> cocaine it is so fucking good I literally think about it still like mm. I think about it I'm like we're going back to Nicaragua in six months I can you're have talking about the breakfast burrito right Breakfast burrito is out I just of love the traditional world Nika breakfast, which is was it like plantains, the, the eggs and plantains and yeah. stuff, and the rice I love and plantains. beans. Love that, and they do it so good. And everything has like avocado, which is amazing. And if you're still listening to this, we are we do have a point, <laughs> but I we're like reminiscing deep now. But it does accommodate many diets, so yes, gluten free, vegan, meat, whatever. Okay, and so lastly, join us. Wait, join oh. us. I want them to know the link. It's kayayogaschool.com slash Nicaragua. Very easy. 
Yeah. And we're also staying there. That's what Bradshaw was going to say. Yes, yeah. that is. And then, but also, <laughs> uh, one more thing in Nicaragua is Gianna and I are doing the first portion of our 200 hour training, which is going to be a week. The dates are March 2nd through March 10th. So it's a little bit over a week. You'll get half your hours in person. We'll finish up virtually. The virtual segment sold separately, but essentially the in-person portion is a is is a training and a retreat at the same time. So you're still getting mm-hmm. your meals prepared for you. You're still going to have time to enjoy the beach, the sunsets. That's actually true. I never, I mean, I don't know why, but I was like, oh, it is kind of like a, it's, I mean, yes, you're doing a training and it's going to be work, you know, like you're going to be learning a lot, but like you're also in Nicaragua and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. And it's open air studios on a hillside over the ocean with these rock formations. It's gorgeous. So all of the physical components of the 200 hour, that's what we're doing in person. So if you've been thinking about taking a 200 hour training, if you want to get out of Chicago winter or wherever you are, it's the perfect blend. It's six months total completion. The virtual uh, component can be completed faster than that. It's just go at your own place, but within six months, we really want to have you all certified. Yeah. And what, uh, uh, just like some, a couple pointers when it comes to like our specific training, the Kaya Yoga School 200 hour training is that you will feel comfortable teaching a 60 minute vinyasa class and a 30 minute Hatha yoga class at the end of the training. For me, that was a big, that's like a big important part of what we offer um, because I, we I, some people have no interest in teaching after and that's totally fine if you're just looking to deepen your practice but for those of you uh, who really are thinking about teaching you're going to have the tools to do that and I'm very confident in our program Gian and I uh, have done this twice this would be our third time we love being with you we love teaching we love talking about yoga so there's a, a major teaching element and then of, cor- of course a, a major education element in terms of lineage and knowledge and history and all the things yoga so mm-hmm. come join us it's going to be a blast yeah and it's yoga alliance approved so you will be able to register with them if you want to do that check okay, out stop the talking information about <laughs> the information is all on our website, kayayogaschool.com. So we will link it or it is linked in the show notes already. If you have questions, you're always free to DM us. I would also like to say one thing. I know a lot of people have done more than one 200 hour. So if you've done a 200 hour and you maybe want something that's a little different or you didn't feel satisfied with your 200, come do it again. It's a mm-hmm. blast. And we really break down the anatomy and the postures. I think this is a good segue. Mm-hmm to what we're going to talk about today, because we're going to talk about inversion. So if this conversation piques your interest, like we're going to do a ton of like physical breakdowns in person. So if you already have a 200 hour, you can get a hundred hours for your continuing education units. We mm-hmm. can still oh, yeah, that's, that's, so, that's add so that. True. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. But anyway, let's talk about inversions. I know you had a lot of ideas for this conversation, so I'll let you kind of preface everything. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about inversions. And when we talk about inversions, we're talking about three postures, family of postures, handstand, forearm stand, and headstand. So those are the inversions that you are going to see in a yoga class. And I wanted to talk a little bit about my personal experience with inversions, and then Gianna can share, her, share hers. 
and kind of how this has developed uh, us as, as teachers in the yoga sphere. So I just imagine 1994, mm-hmm. little <laughs> summer, summer of 1994, little gay Bradshaw puts his hands in the wet grass and starts inverting. <laughs> no, I really, I can't remember. I have no memory of not getting upside down, you know? So like tumbling, rolling around, doing handstands was just a, a big part of how I played. And so I was really um, born, I feel like doing doing inversions like it's something that came very natural to me it's something I've been doing since I was very very young and it's something that feels like second nature Mm -hmm. um I so I started you know playing around in my backyard and doing handsprings and cartwheels and we were we spent a lot of time at the beach because I grew up five minutes on the beach so I'd Mm -hmm. do cartwheels all the way down the beach and walk on my hands and so that's how I wasn't playing basketball that's how I like to to play and spend my time so a lot of times inverting I then did a lot of gymnastics and then I ended up cheering in college and then I found yoga so by the time I got to yoga the inversions came very natural naturally to me I learned in yoga how to refine them for sure but um that was that was something that wasn't something that I had to work on it was a skill that I acquired at a younger age before going to practice yoga and this is something that Jason said that really stuck with me and I share with everyone when we talk about inversions there's mm-hmm. two type of people that <clears throat> come into a yoga class the first portion was the f- smaller portion of the population that acquired to they 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 learn the skill as children in things like gymnastics, dance, rock climbing, um, diving, just any kind of activity where you were used to getting upside down. So that group of the population that comes into the yoga class, it's going to be easy for them to do those postures. Then you have a bigger portion of the population that did not acquire that skill as a younger child that come into a yoga class and they're like, wow, like that person can do handstands, but the person next to you maybe learned how to do handstands when they were in gymnastics, when they were, you know, six or something. Mm -hmm. So when you come into a yoga class and you're not someone who's used to doing inversions, know that one, they can be really playful, sometimes scary to learn, but it should be fun. And two, it's a multi-year process. You know, you're not going to learn if you didn't learn how to do the skill as a child, it's going to be like, you know, months or years or decades of learning how to get upside down. So I think that that's important for students to understand so they don't get overwhelmed. If they're like, this is hard. And it's like, yeah, it's hard. You didn't learn how to do it. You're an adult Mm -hmm. learning a new skill. So, um, yeah, I definitely rambled, but what are your thoughts? You did. You kind of, I'm like, which one, which thing do I want to talk about first? But I want to go even more basic and just like define inversion. An inversion is any position where your head is below your heart. So technically, downward facing dog is, is an, an inversion. inversion. Versions of Viparita Karani, legs up the wall, is an inversion, especially if you have your, the hips elevated. Hips above the heart. Yeah. So there are inversions that many of you do in your daily yoga practice that. I think are really good foundations for that head under heart thing, especially down dog. If you think about down dog for a second, your arms are overhead. So that's essential in preparing the body for something like handstand. And so 
And it's and also, your shoulders are in the same position as a and the shoulders. Yeah, exactly. And so I want to kind of think about inversions for a second as um, things we can relate to other shapes. I want to think about the positions you talked about, Bradshaw, the handstand, mm-hmm. the headstand, the forearm stand, and relate it to certain positions that we may do that aren't necessarily inversions, because I think there are things that we all do in our practice that prepare you for those things. And yeah, and we'll, and I think we'll, let's get to this in a second, but I want to just say for about, you know, you talked a little bit about your journey. I just want to share that I have the opposite experience. I did not have a history of inverting in, in things like handstand as a child. However, I would always cartwheel. I feel like a lot of kids cartwheels and at the center of a cartwheel is a handstand, right? So I think that in that way, I experienced going upside down and there's this like playfulness and thrill, a little exhilaration to, to that, that child like cartwheel or whatever that I think even as adults, we, we can experience. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why I like inverting right now. It brings like a very playful, like joyful side of me out in, in my practice, but it also challenges me in a way because I'm not natural at it, where it really challenges me to one, not get frustrated, not give up, And also like just to literally use the other skills of the yoga practice. For instance, like this is a small example. I used to be obsessed with like counting my hold time or I'd be like, oh, it was 10 seconds. And now I'm like, can I make it to 20 seconds? Can I make it to 30 seconds? And although I think that's a good measure, I'm trying to bring it more to my breath. How many breaths can I take in a handstand? Can I do just one or two breaths? Can I take five long controlled breaths? So there is a way that at a certain point in your practice, bringing it back to the breath where the, where once your body can achieve certain positions, it's like, how can I challenge my breath through another position? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. So some days maybe I'm a half a breath. Some days, maybe I'm 15 breaths. I don't know. I have a very tumultuous relationship with handstands. Some days I nail it. Some days I don't. And I do think this has a lot to do with, um, I'm doing a lot more research on this, so I don't want to talk about it too much right now. Cause I don't think I know enough to speak about it as like an expert, but it does have to do with like your hand-eye coordination or like the bilateral stimulation in your brain. So I'm trying to incorporate more like vestibular drills, which are vision-based drills to help improve balance. And for anyone who's like, what the heck are you talking about? Even if you're having issues, like standing on one leg, just like look into vestibular drills for balance. Um, I'm not an expert, so I can't really teach you more than that, but it is something that is known to help wake up the left side, the right side of the brain. So they work together to improve your balance. Okay. So I just kind of did my own little ramble. I think let's talk about the progression and then also different shapes. Yeah. What can you want? I wanted to add one more thing, which is that you said that 
um, you had the opposite experience, right? Where you weren't like handstanding, like you did cartwheels and stuff, but you weren't getting upside down as much. Mm-hmm. So you had to really learn that skill in your yoga practice. You had to learn how to do a handstand over, and you've been practicing for oh, how many years now? I've been like working with handstands, I want to say since maybe 2015 or 16 is when I got serious of like, I really want to start to handstand. Okay. Okay. So it's been seven, eight years or something. Yeah. And I will say, can I just add in, um, my sister is a gymnast and so she has a similar experience to Bradshaw. And so mm -hmm. when I started working on my handstand, I trained it outside of the yoga room. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, this is something that my sister helped me with. And she gave me a lot of tips from the gymnastics world. And I think these tips are tips that the yoga world can use. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Cause I think there's, I think there's a big difference between like the typical yoga handstand you might see versus like a gymnastics handstand. Yeah. I can do them both. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) no, but I wanted to say that I think that it's, I think that teachers like that have your experience, right? Where you can do a handstand now. Um, you may not be able to hold it for a certain period of time, but you can do it. You can, you, yeah, you know, I can handstand. do a handstand. You can I handstand. Can handstand. I can handstand. And <laughs> you, you learn how to do that from a lot, a lot of practice as an adult that you can recall the experience of not being able to do it, 100%. which I think as a teacher is very beneficial because when I first started teaching, it came so naturally to me that it was very hard to teach. Mm-hmm. because I didn't have the language or the knowledge. So I'm just like, you just kick up and look in between your hands. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. like all I would say, because I, I didn't have the experience of, I would, I didn't have the embodied experience of not being able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so weird to say out loud, but it's true. Yeah. And we so talked about like, this in one of the episodes though, it's like, sometimes it's harder to teach things that have just become like, I think it was the episode of, can you teach it if you can't do it? Mm-hmm. Um, You know, if, if something comes so naturally, it's, hard to remember what it's like to be a beginner. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. So, yeah, so I had to, I now, because I've done more trainings, I have more knowledge. I feel a lot more comfortable teaching it, but it was, I feel like it was almost a setback in my teaching mm-hmm. because I wasn't able to, I, I wasn't as good as teaching to the beginner of like someone who had never done a handstand before. So mm-hmm. that, that relation was hard for me. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I think we should break down this conversation in a couple of different sections. First, I just want to talk about why are inversions important? Are they important? What do they bring or add to the practice? And then let's talk a little bit about fear of inversions before we get into the breakdown. Okay. Why do you think they're important? Well, one, they're playful. Yeah. And I think that's, that we, that's that what we I said, said that yeah. is like, number one is like, it's, it's fun and it should be fun. And yes, we'll talk about fear in a second, which sometimes fear and excitement can, they often coexist together. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, it's fun. And two, it is challenging. And I think that challenge is really good. And it's um, great for balance and it mm-hmm. builds a lot of strength. Yeah, totally. Balance and, and strength, strength are balance. like my top two big benefits. Mm-hmm. I think both you and I are on the same page to like kind of shy away from the claims around, you know, yoga inversions being like good for blood pressure mm-hmm. or, you know, digestion, things like that. Maybe, but I think for certain, we know definitely balance and strength. For sure. 
and For and sure. and like the actual mental component of it of confronting a challenge or a fear and then you know maybe not being so serious about mm-hmm. you know the frustration or the failure or whatever comes up for you in that moment like keeping a little bit of a playful attitude around it connecting with that childlike sense of exploration i think is really important like when when you see a student who like um i think i feel really comfortable assisting people in handstands so mm-hmm. like with consent i'll i'll maybe like give some assist in handstands and like just to, maybe someone had never been inverted upside down before and you get them upside down for like a, a second or two and like when they come down and they're just like oh my god like they're mm. so excited um that's also a really fun aspect of it one other thing that's totally unrelated but i think a lot of um yoga <laughs> school of thought say for women not to invert while menstruating and I just want to say as like a menstruating woman like I have never found any of any what's the opposite of benefit (laughs) I've never negative effects yeah I've never had any negative effects of that I don't think that is something that is I've ever even thought about and yes I've um definitely inverted yeah inverted (laughs) frequently while you I will I can't believe I have to say this in the podcast but <laughs> I have been menstruating since I um for how long now mm. since I well, started practicing no the yeah, real since point I started is practicing I started menstruating the... and let me just tell <laughs> you I just think cut. that if you if you don't feel any discomfort in any way then you're probably okay but like obviously you need to listen to your body <laughs> Literally, just like that's what we need to get written on a shirt. Listen to your body. It's literally what every yoga teacher says. Like sometimes, if I'm like running it, it's true though. But I'm like I'm running like into class, and someone's like I'm pregnant. I'm like just listen to your body. Just listen to your body. But, but you know what? It sounds really silly, but I but I think I've learned from my years of teaching that a lot of people don't know how to listen to their body. They're oh. like uh, they're like literally like what is happening or what is this time? Like it there's like a a big Disconnect. almost like language barrier between people's minds and bodies sometimes which is unfortunate because they intrinsically work together which is another great thing about the yoga practice because it brings those things together but i wanted to say something yeah. and now i say oh oh that's please. it i was like i don't know what it is <laughs> there was someone who used to come take my class and she was pregnant 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 like just about to pop and she would always invert and they they say mm-hmm. like to not invert over a certain period of time but it's like yeah. i mean she inverted all the time, every day, like, you know, hand, holding handstands, like, uh, you know, two days before she popped out a baby, like literally. I think that if you have something down, like to such an embodied experience, like yeah. this is something you include in your regular day, then you probably know what is best for you. And like, you know what you can still do and not mm-hmm. do. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about fear. Good. Thank you for remembering. And that's it. I have, I have to say, gotta no. go. You know me. I got a lot of fear. I'm scared of everything. She I literally, literally like hold my my heart at night wondering. Literally, if I'm okay. she thinks she's gonna die like every two seconds. And so now Yeah, I do. I have like intrusive Wait, thoughts I... about it lately. Okay, it's 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 not funny. It's actually, but I try to be humorous with Gianna because sometimes she's really anxious about it and I try to like, you know, help her out. And um yesterday. Hence my dulce smoothie. Literally. So yesterday <laughs> she's like, I like I walked up the stairs and like, I don't know, like I feel like my heart's coming out of my chest. I feel like I'm going to die. And I and so now I, I'm she tells he's me traumatizing like, it. But go on. 
Okay. But she literally, this happens like daily. And so now she just moved to this apartment. I'm calling it her hospice apartment because <laughs> this is supposedly where she's going to die. Cause she's like, I'm like, if you're dying every two seconds, this is obviously, yeah. this, is, this apartment is, you got it for hospice care. And I'm going to come over with <laughs> you're a making it drip. nice. <laughs> <laughs> you're making it nice because this is the last place you're going to live before you die. Please stop. And I'm you're going actually going to gonna make me have an anxiety attack and stop recording. Okay. But for real, I have a lot of fear. And we we are being dramatic. He's like coughing and choking right now because he's laughing so hard. But I think with inversions, my my biggest fear was obviously Hitting falling. And yeah. And so I think the first thing to like mitigate fear is like to kind of manage expectations. And like obviously fear and anxiety comes from wanting safety, right? Like that's like when you're, uh, when you feel unsafe there, there's where the fear and anxiety thrive. So I think if there, there, I know there are things you can do to mitigate the fears for inverting. Um, it depends which inversion I'll for handstand personally, like do it against a wall, have someone spot you, um, I think you should learn to fall. My preferred method of falling out of a handstand is a cartwheel out. It is very, very aggressive to like kick so hard to fall over onto your back or into a bridge pose. If you have the flexibility for that and it's not something that you fear, then okay, play with that. And I think for a lot of my first falls, I, that's how I would fall. I would fall over into like a, a wheel. And that doesn't feel great for a lot of people. It's not accessible to a lot of people. So I think trying to learn to cartwheel and cartwheel out of a handstand, this is when you step one foot out to the side and then the next, that has helped me feel a sense of safety with just like playing around with kicking up. And then it's all about obviously finding your sweet spot. So like if you're playing with finding your sweet spot and you're scared of falling, do that against the wall, like I said. Mm -hmm. So use, you know, props, support and help where you can get it. Yes. And then just also, one. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I think that it's a good idea too to go uh, in like a park or like in a beach or a gym where you have some soft padding to land on. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always like think like, you know, Doing things on hardwood floors is scary, but if you have yourself mm -hmm. a little cushion, mm -hmm. I think that's really helpful. A beach is a really great place somewhere in the sand. Um, yeah, it's fun to get like that brings out the childlike playfulness mm -hmm. with it, too. But I will say hand standing on sand is so much harder. I mean, yeah, like, I do. I do. Shut up. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, it's just sometimes I think about myself and I'm like, what a unique person. Oh yeah, that's not what I think at all. I'm like weirdo. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Do you think I'm weird? Yeah. I think we both are in very different ways, and I think it's great to be weird. Yeah, I do. Okay. I think it's like very, very fun. Okay. So, anything you want to say about fear? You're like, no, I don't have any. Um, anything I want to say about fear? Hopefully, if you're in a class with a teacher is knowledgeable, that teacher is going to keep you safe, right? Yes. So, um, that and and I like to teach like well, I'll teach handstands, and I won't. Even, I'll be like, we're going to use the wall. You don't even have to kick up to the wall. 
We're going to start mm-hmm. with just a couple little hops. So hops. there's Take a, a slow, way, baby step. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's so many things that you can build on before kicking up to the wall. Yeah. And so as a teacher and as a student, hopefully you have a teacher that's going to provide you with many options. So one, mm-hmm. you feel safe and two, you feel challenged. Yeah. And then forearm stand or headstand, I like to play with just lifting one leg at a time, mm-hmm. just like staying in like in that inverted shape. And then just lift one leg and then switch it out and just notice what it feels like to have a little bit, you know, more weight in the arms or shoulders. Mm -hmm. I also want to say one more thing, and maybe this doesn't really relate, but like there are there are a lot of yoga practitioners that don't like to invert. So if you're Mm -hmm. out there and you're just like, I just not something I want to do and I have no interest in inversions, that's okay too. Like you don't like, you don't have to be like a strong yoga practitioners practitioner to like, you have to do inversions. You don't, we're just trying to give you a little bit more knowledge when it comes to inversions and how to feel Mm -hmm. safe and do them efficiently and why we think that they're, they can be beneficial. But I I, I don't want to be like, this is like, you know, you have to learn how to do this or like, this is the be all end all. Cause it's just not. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like, if it's speaking to you and you want to try it, cool it's there's a benefit there's a reason but like most things there's many different paths to get to that to to get to that feeling or sensation absolutely so there's other ways to balance and build strength i I just i've had students that that are just like i don't want to do that and i'm like come on come on and i'm just like if they don't want to do it they don't want to do it who cares yeah yeah like i don't know now i just i don't i used to like I think it's because I came in being so excited to have a place to do inversions again and get upside down, which is such mm-hmm. a, for me, a very nostalgic place and playful place. And then recognizing that's not everyone's experience. Yeah. And that's okay. 100%. Okay. So we talked about, okay, let's talk about the progression of just the inversions you talked about. Cause I think you and I disagree on like most accessible to least accessible. So we've got headstand, forearm stand, and handstand. And I feel like the order I just listed them in is seen as like the usual progression, like start with headstand, forearm stand, and then handstand. Would you agree with that? Like from most accessible to least? I would not. I don't agree with it either. Okay. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to agree with that. No, no, no. So, I don't so what is your so most my, accessible of those three? Hands, I it, I reverse it. Handstands, form stands, headstands. Um, oh, interesting. Because now here's here's the kicker about headstands, and here's why I don't put it. Yeah, as we have a lot accessible. of thoughts on headstand. Which is a lot of people can do headstands. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people can get up and hold a headstand, but they're not necessarily doing it well 100. or in the safest manner. And, and this is not to scare anyone, but this is just factual information. The closer your head gets to the ground, the risk of injury is higher. Mm. So at headstand, you have the highest risk of injury, forearm stand medium and headstand last because your head is the furthest away from the ground doing a headstand, a handstand, excuse me, excuse me. So that's, I typically will not teach headstand in public yoga classes, um, I, even though I actually did a couple, I was like, if you want to do it, because just because, you know, like, you, like you never do something, you're like, oh, fuck you're it. Like, I'm like, yeah. if you want to do a headstand, do a headstand, whatever, <laughs> like, you know, um, because I think a lot of people enjoy doing headstands because a lot of people can get up. It's just yeah, that they, they're not They can do it, but they sometimes are not necessarily. And from the teacher's point of view, have you ever had a moment where you're just like looking at people in headstand? And you're like, oh, you should not be doing yeah, that. But I, like, I, well, I, you don't I know have, what to do. 
I've, like, I have said to a couple students just because their their alignment, like it, they actually looks bad. I'm like, come down, let me show you. Like, let, I'm so happy you're doing this, but let's change the position of your head or your hands yeah. or whatever to make this a little safer and more efficient. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Agree. So. Yeah. There's there's moments like that. I so I don't quite have the same order as you. I think it's headstand was the most accessible, and then handstand, and then forearm stand. You know so, what? You know what? You're actually I actually agree with you. Okay. Because it's Headstand, less on the handstand, because, forearm stand. Yeah. Yeah. Because in forearm stand, if your shoulders are tight, it, like there's a, there's, a, I think there's such a big shoulder stand element. Is so much harder than handstand for, because for me, I have very mobile shoulders. So it is hard for me to control like it. And yeah, exactly. And then if you have tight shoulders, that's going to be really hard for you as well. Um, and headstand, like you said, is usually like the gateway into all of this. And it was my gateway, but I do not teach headstand anymore or practice them because I like to be able to like demo. And if mm-hmm. I'm not practicing these, then I'm not, especially when it's something super challenging, I'd like to demo or I'd like at least have someone else demo if I, if I know them and they're there. Um, but I was just practicing it with not a lot of strength. I was literally just putting all of the weight in my head and I mm-hmm. have a lot of vertebra issues now in my neck and I, I attribute it to headstanding. Um, yeah, I've got like little slip disc issues between C4, C5, C5, C6. So if anyone's wondering, that's my, <laughs> my spine, my cervical spine. Um, but yeah, the just the way the body is the vertebra in your neck are a lot smaller it, it is our spine is stacked in a way from you know the bigger vertebra be- being in your lower back for a reason and the smaller vertebra being all the way up top almost like you know a little that pyramid block thing as like a child that we would play with um because we are people who are supposed to walk on our feet not on our, our hands or head so it's we're designed in a certain way. And it is a little bit unnatural to do it the other way. And so if you do it the other way, I think it's not bad, but it's not what we're designed for. So you have to like compensate in other ways. And I think what I should have been using more shoulders, like in my headstand mm-hmm. to like push against the ground instead of just and like, perfor- or like in the classical, it's like more forearm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Forearm and hands and all of that pushing downward to get some of the weight off of my head. I think I just kind of compressed and compressed and would hold it. And I don't know, I probably thought it was cool because I was upside down for the first time and whatever. And the rest is history. But I think that that's the thing. It's like, it's a vulnerable position and it's important to learn how to do it skillfully. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it's, I think if you do it skillfully, it's totally fine. I also think you need to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if it's never felt weird for you, then cool or uncomfortable, then, you know, keep doing it. But if you're getting like a little pinch in your neck, mm-hmm. something's probably off. Also, I just thought one last thing on this. We have different shaped heads. So although I think that, um, you know, headstand is one of the most accessible for people who are playing with inverting. I also saw this thing about people who have more rounded tops of their heads versus more flat tops of the heads. And how for those people who have like a more rounded skull. Is it harder? It's harder and they can't do it. 
Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, wow. I never really thought about that. But I'm sure you have some friends who like, you ever, I, this would happen to me in high school. You have those like friends who would have like shaggy hair in the winter and then like summer comes and they shave like buzz cut and you're like, oh, that's what your head looks like. Some people have really <laughs> fucked up shaped heads. <laughs> like I, well, cause I used to swim. So like I've been bald before. I mean, you know, I've like shaved my head down to like nothing. And, um, I have a nice shaved head. It's shaped head accepted. Like I literally have the smallest face. So, like, like if I have no hair and no beard, I, I literally look like an actual peanut. <laughs> when you shave your facial hair, I don't recognize you. I'm like, who is this? I know it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's not terrifying. So yes, if you have a fucked up head. No, anatomy matters. No, anatomy matters. And here's the thing. If you have a weird shaped head, don't shave your head and don't do inversions. And I've been, I've told, and you heard it here. Okay. <laughs> Here's the real thing. You know, like you see a guy, we love you. Like, it's like, you see a guy and it's just like, he's bald. Like I love bald guys. Like I have no problem dating bald guys as you know, but, um, I, yeah, spit it out. Where's this going? Date, I only date bald guys with nice heads. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's and we're where talking about going? both. We're talking about both heads. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Okay. 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 okay so okay, now okay. let's okay, talk let about. Let me talk about. I want to talk about heads. I want to talk about forearms down. Oh yeah, forearms down. So I agree. The load in the shoulders is so much greater in forearm stand, and I also so I'm tight in my shoulders and I'm tight in my lats, and so when I do forearm stand, what I like to do. Picture this, everyone. I'll try to describe it is make a, like a classical headstand interlace. So I'm still making a triangular shape with my hands interlaced and then the elbows are the bottom of the triangle. And then I do a forearm stand like that, mm-hmm. but I, my head is not on the ground. So I'm in a classical headstand interlaced with my arms looking at my hands mm-hmm. as I do forearm. Why are you laughing at me? Because you just went cross-eyed while you were doing that. <laughs> he's like doing this on the zoom and he, when you looked at your hands within your little triangle, you just like, your eyes just kind of crossed. Anyway. You notice anything different about my forehead? Oh, you got Botox. Yeah, baby. It's slowly coming I back. really don't think he needs. When we, Gianna, when we no go one to needs Tree, anything. no one needs it. No, 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 no. The only thing you want to, you want to make sure that you're yourself until a point and then you stop being yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but Joking. for those who are, those that we are obviously getting, but for those of us, for those of you that are coming to Joshua tree, I'm going to be snatched. Okay. So <laughs> forearm stand, <laughs> my trick for fine. So that's Bradshaw's trick for tightness in the shoulders. My trick for finding more stability through my shoulders is I practice forearm stand with a block. I mean, I can do it without a block, but I can hold it so much more stably <laughs> stably i if you've noticed i just like make up yeah, different like, like conjugations yeah. of words i'm like whatever oh this is what i'm calling it i hold it with more stability um with a block so i will take my uh forearms parallel and i'll hold a block between my index and thumb and actually jason taught us this i used to line up the corners of the block with the l's of your fingers but jason says to not do that instead take your block up a little bit higher and just to pinch the block with the tips of your fingers with your hands still down and that pinching of the block rather than like squeezing of the l has drastically improved my hand like this 
No, and no one can see us. So it doesn't matter. So like if you were holding the block, if you were to hold mm -hmm. your hands up in front yeah, of you yeah, yeah. and make and two that L's yeah, with yeah. your hands, typically in yoga classes, it's taught to put the block in the crease yeah. of your L, mm -hmm. but instead put it higher up on your mm -hmm. hand and then use your thumb oh, to pinch in. Like lobster claw it. Like lobster claw. Exactly. And so you basically have a little bit of space in that L, the corner of the L. Um, and that has that small little shift that I would have never thought of that Jason introduced to us um, has helped me. Something about the pushing the floor away, the squeezing of the block, like finding engagement in these areas gives my shoulders more stability to just hold. Now, falling in forearm stand is a whole other thing. Like I remember when I was first practicing that I would fall with, um, like into like, a the Parita Dandasana. So basically like a bridge pose, but on your forearms. And if you don't have the openness no, in your shoulders, cute. it is, it is not fun. Um, but now I will kind of cartwheel out of it. And like one elbow starts to lift if I fall mm -hmm. and this still happens. Cause I'm very shaky in my forearm stand. I don't practice it a lot because it just like, I'm like, I don't really like this. It doesn't mm -hmm. bring out the same like playfulness. Cause I feel more like pinchy and owie and my <laughs> pinchy and owie in my shoulders. So it's like hard for me to get playful with it. Um, the way I can with handstands. That's fair. So so yeah, so I, I try to challenge myself with it every now and then, but I'm also like, I don't need to, I can just be like Bradshaw said, a, a teacher who doesn't do this and doesn't want to, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can also, another thing about all of these is that you will find more stability by lifting your hips over your shoulders with control. So you want to essentially stack your feet highest, then your hips, then your shoulders, then either your head, forearms, or hands, depending on which mm -hmm. of these inversions you're doing. Well, and I think if you can slowly lift one leg to float the other, which of course this requires hip and hamstring openness, you can find more stability. What do you want to say to that, Bradshaw? I also wanted to say that you bring up a very good point with the alignment, heels, hips, hips, shoulders, shoulders, wrists, like in a handstand or, well, you know, whatever, forearm stand or handstand or in a headstand, um, which is if you're in, if you are in alignment, the pose becomes really light. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's that it, it, the sweet, I call it like the sweet spot when I'm holding a handstand personally for me, just the way that my body is built. I'm not someone who thinks about squeezing my core when I mm -hmm. get upside down. I'm focused more on the alignment of heels, hips, hips, shoulders, shoulders, wrists. And then when I'm in that, it, when I find that alignment, the, po the pose becomes really light. The pose is heavy when your feet are like, say you kick up to the wall and your hands are a little far away from the wall. That's heavier to have your feet, to be in that kind of banana shape to yeah. then pull your feet off the wall. So if you're an inversion, if you're inverted and holding handstand, like I can talk, you know, mm -hmm. I can have a conversation because I'm talented and I'm in alignment. Yeah. It's like that sweet spot of gravity. And actually I think this kind of brings up bring us, brings us back to that handstand that I was talking about the yoga handstand versus the gymnastics handstand, which, um, in yoga, I would always see the banana shape. That was like the handstand that was like all around the studio is the banana shape handstand. And it's not because of anything other than just like not 
people not like technically training hand balances the way I think a lot of people do now. Cause I think calisthenics has become more popular, you know, um, cross training, even CrossFit and friggin', you know, gymnastics mm-hmm. has everything's become like influenced by one another. But I'm talking like early 2000s when I would see people inverting in the yoga room or even teachers demo their handstands, it would be this big banana back handstand. And mm-hmm. I thought like that was like the normal thing or that was the goal. And I remember my sister being like, yeah, you could do that. But also like that probably doesn't feel good or controlled. How about, Mm -hmm. you know, do it like this. And in gymnastics, I think they really emphasize having a straight line Mm -hmm. from hands, shoulders, hips, and toes, like all in one 180 line. I I never had that experience with like the banana back back then. Well, you did. I don't think you practice yoga with you were like core power. Never practice at core power. I don't know. I life. thought that's, I literally, that's literally where you took your first class was core power. That is not true. That is not true. Then where did you take your first class? Bare feet power yoga in the West Loop. Oh, I thought you told me it was core power. No. I thought you got a group on to core power. I have no clue why I thought that. I, well, number one, I don't like business partners that lie. <laughs> Okay, so that's interesting. I don't, I'm not. I'm not down to okay, okay, a business okay, partner okay. that lies about me and who I am and what I do. Okay, well, can you talk about the alignment in gymnastics a little bit more? Like, talk about the shoulders and like the engagement. Yes. So the, w- your arms are above your head, right? If you're so, think about this. You're standing in. You're standing at the top of the mat, standing up straight with your arms by your side. And then you reach your arms above your head and you flip your palms. So your palms face the ceiling. And then you think about driving the ceiling away from you, suppressing the ceiling up and then lifting onto the ball mounds of your feet. That's the alignment. And then you look in between your hands. That's the alignment of a handstand, right? So in terms of the shoulders, the shoulders are lifting up. You are pressing down with the hands and the shoulders are lifting up. The shoulders are not drawing down the back. I don't want, I, we, don't, we're not going to get too much into the shoulders. I think we have in the past, but you know, just to save time, the shoulders are lifting up in a hand. Yeah. Stand. Like your shoulders should move up towards your ears. Yes. Yes. Um, you're looking in between your hands and again, you are pressing down. The shoulders are lifting up. And then what I like to do is I actually, I mean, I, Again, you and I have different experiences, but I tell my students, you want to pull your ribs in because you don't want to be backbending. If you're if your ribs are flare, flailing out, then mm-hmm. you're going to it's easier to fall. I, I think about like wearing a corset around your midsection um, and I find that to be helpful. Yeah. And then one other thing about the legs that my sister taught me is to keep your legs tight, especially yeah, if you're, you're doing a, squeeze a, them a variation where your legs are together, not like a um, scorpion or stag leg. You want to like hug your thighs together, firm your quads, squeeze your butt, all of that. Like, I think you're more. You squeeze apt. your butt. Oh, I do. I squeeze my butt. I can hold the handstand longer with my butt squeezed. Interesting. Now, another <laughs> thing that people talk a lot about too is the feet. I uh-huh. I prefer like flex point. Blah, blah blah. I prefer a demi point, which is like like a dancer's foot. Like you press to the ball out of the foot, but you're not pointing the toes. Do you know what I call that? What? Barbie feet. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you know that there's a movie, a Barbie movie that came out? <laughs> <laughs> it's pink. Da, 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 da. No, no, I don't know. Uh, but I okay. really, hi, Barbie. <laughs> I left it. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> would you would you be a Barbie or would you be an Alan? Because I know you're not going to be a Ken. 
I am taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why and, wouldn't you? And Alan? I think you would be Alan or you would be That is literally so fucking mean. Why? Alan was literally woke. <laughs> he never went for the patriarchy, okay? You want? I would wait. rather go for the patriarchy, our, our trip patriarchy, than be. <laughs> I'd Alan. rather you learn how to say. What is wrong with Alan? Are you Look kidding? At him. You think Alan gets laid? Okay, I think you're judgmental, and I think you yeah. need to tone it down. No, I would. Um, I. I, I mean, Alan and I, I don't draw. We again. We yeah. We talked before. But <laughs> okay. What's no, the I think I would be. I would be. I would be like lifeguard Barbie, or I'd be. I would be the Barbie that's the. Um, See, the you're a Barbie. You're. Yeah. I don't know I why would, you were I, pretending to be. I would be the Barbie, the mermaid Barbie. That's like, hi, Barbie. That like pops out of the water. That'd be me. Okay, so what? What was the point? Where's it? I don't know. The feet, the Barbie feet. Oh yeah. yeah. So you can about. Barbie feet. You could point. You can flex. And I would just try them all. And like. Yeah. Try them all on and see what works best for you. But the the biggest thing when it comes to any of the these inversions again is consistency. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn how to do these inversions in a sixty minute class or or workshop. It has to be like a daily practice. If this is something that you really want to learn, agree. So the willingness to like do it every day is such a is I think the biggest part of it. Yeah, and also. Not, I think one piece of advice I would give is just like not to get too attached to it because I think in my experience, like if I got attached to like my 45 second handstand whole time and then the next day where I could hardly hold it for five seconds, like it would then just mess with me. So I think just thinking of it as playful and exploratory will be beneficial. Um, And yeah, you don't get any more yoga points for like getting a handstand. That's just, even though maybe I want to teach handstands tonight. (laughs) You know what I was thinking as we're talking about this is like, I think we need to do a handstand workshop together because we both like handstand and we don't like headstand. (laughs) (laughs) We can call the workshop handstands, no headstands. Uh, I think I need to say something nice about headstand. I think it's a good, it's the gateway. It's the gateway drug of the (laughs) inversion practice. And I don't think you need to be super delicate and cautious, even though I said what I said. I think you just gotta, you know what I mean? That literally makes no sense. No, I'm just saying, like I was talking about the vertebra in the body, but I just wanted to say that I don't think you need to like, you know how Jason says, wrap yourself in bubble wrap, but you don't need to wrap mm-hmm. yourself in bubble wrap thinking it's dangerous. I think you just need to literally uh, follow the signs and signals your body's giving you. And also if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. I think I I silenced that when I was talking about my little spinal stuff and then also um, whatever, I'm done. Oh, well, I have, okay. Well, I have a funny story that relates to handstands. Okay. So what is the funny thing about yoga this week? So what's the funny thing about yoga is like whenever I teach handstands, like one of my big cues is to look in between the hands. I'm like, look Mm -hmm. in between your hands, look in between your hands. Like, and I tell that to people, I'm like, please look in between your hands. And then as soon as people kick up, no one looks in between their hands. Everyone always looks back. Everyone like always look and I'm like, they're like, this is hard. I'm like, look in between your hands. And then they're like, okay. And then they do it again. And then they still look back. And I'm like, okay, before you kick up, see, I mean, you're going to look in between your hands. You're going to keep your gaze there and now kick up. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't laugh, but that's okay. (laughs) He's giving me a dirty look. He's giving me a dirty look. You know that I like, I just taught water aerobics and you know that like 
kind of that like chlorine pool smell. Yeah, you still smell it. Yeah, and it's like kind of grossing me out. Okay. Um, I think I have a really basic story today, and I think it's about love. No, it's about an inversion. I was trying to think of something about aversion, but I remember. Whew, first time I did shoulder stand where uh, do little... your tits go on your face? Oh yeah, for sure. But that's not what I was gonna talk about. Oh. Shoulder stand, which I don't love doing, but this is a thing with women, like plow pose, shoulder stand, that whole thing. Brash was like, wait, what is shoulder stand? Wait, I never I just like I don't think I, I haven't taught shoulder stand. When like... you lay down and you lift Yeah, your I know butt, what like, it is. Yeah. Remember we used saying. to call it candlestick when we were little? Yes. Well candle... I call this candlestick teaching it. I'm like, we're gonna candlestick. But wait, did that did your did have your breasts ever fallen out onto your face while practicing, like out of your bra? Not onto my face, but I've definitely had to like adjust myself. No, but it's okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm probably going to teach you. It is very common for women when they're doing shoulder stand to queef. Did I you know that we're talking? Did, no, did you I know love, this? love, love that we're talking about this? Cause I'm obsessed with queefing. I have a friend who can queef on command. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not kidding. I'm okay. not kidding. I'm like queef. And she's like, but it's, it's actually embarrassing. So I, I have, I think I remember I the first all the time. And I have to like, I, I cause Okay, sorry. I'm interrupting. Don't interrupting. do you really? I hear queefs all because it's a different sound. Like a fart. No, is it like, literally it, sounds like, like a fart. It's like, it like, might, yeah. like I, I like raise your leg, <laughs> bend the knee, open the hip. I'm like that girl just queefed on me. <laughs> Instead of lean on me, we all I... need somebody to queef on. <laughs> uh, uh, I think this is the end of the podcast. Keep going. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep going. Just keep going. Let's okay. roll with it. We all need somebody to queef on. Call all your girlfriend when you need a queef. We all need somebody to queef on. Okay, we have Thank to Thank you, everyone. Really rate, review, subscribe. Rate, yeah, review, subscribe. Yeah, yeah. And come, we love and, you. And come um, on a retreat. Queef, bye. <laughs>